Again, I want to welcome everybody. If you came in maybe a few minutes after we got started, I want to welcome you again and thank you for being here with us. And uh, one of the ways in which we continue in worship is uh, through giving. And so I just want to remind you of that. Uh, If you feel led to give, you can do so as you leave this morning after our service is over with one of our ushers or through one of the ways that you see there on the screen uh, to give online securely. Uh, So you can do so as you feel led, but wanted to make you aware of that. If this is your first time with us or first time in a while, uh, we have been journeying this summer through the book of Psalms, and we've called it Summer in the Psalms, and we've been looking at different selected psalms through the Bible and, and picking out ones that, that show a wide range of the natural human response of emotion and the things that we go through, and we, we see a beautiful picture of it all throughout the psalms of these different types of responses of, of joy, of lamenting, of sadness, of praise, so many different things that we see, and today's will be no different. I want to start off by sharing with you guys something that I think will help us kind of connect the dots today with this psalm. Today we're going to be in Psalm 121, and I've entitled the message, The Love of the Father. And in this psalm, we see just how the Lord is continually watching over and caring for his people. He's always there. He is where the help comes from. And I remember at the age of five, I'm at the old Sheraton Hotel, which is now the Marriott right there at the corner of 26 and Montague. And I'm there with my mom and we're there with our church group. And I'm there swimming in the pool, okay? I'm a five-year-old kid swimming in the pool, holding on to the sides. And I felt confident being there in that pool because my mom is right there off to the side. Now, if you need to check the fact check this story, my mom is helping out in the kids area today, so you can check with her on this. But she's there, and she's not swimming. She's dressed in her jeans and her shirt, and she's just hanging tight, enjoying watching me swim. And while I'm there holding on to that side, I start to get a little brave. And I'm like, man, I got this. My mom is right there. She's watching over me. I know that I'm going to be okay, so I let go. I let go of the side, and I start to float out a little bit more. And very quickly, I realize, oh, no, there's a problem here. I can't swim. And I'm, I'm like just doing all the stuff, trying to, try, trying to get somebody's attention. And mom immediately sees me. And mom immediately, in her clothes, gets in the water, grabs me, and pulls me out to safety. And in that moment, I felt so much relief. I went very quickly from fear and anxiety and worry in that moment of, oh my gosh, what is going to happen to me? I'm about to drown Within 30 seconds, I'm out of the pool. I'm not allowed to go back in. (laughs) Mama has rescued me and everything is okay. I I, want to ask you, has there been a time in your life where something like that has happened to you? Has there been a time in your life where maybe you felt confident in being able to do something because you knew somebody was right there? You knew that somebody was there for you. Somebody was keeping watch over you. Somebody was there ready to jump in and help at the drop of a hat at a moment's notice. For those of us here in the room or listening online that are followers of Christ, we have that continually every single day of our lives, and that is from God Almighty. He is our help. He is there caring and loving us. He is there watching over us. In this passage today, we're going to see just how much our Father 
loves us. We're going to see from this psalm, it's a song of ascent. And this song is repeated as the people are on this pilgrimage up towards Jerusalem. It starts out with this question, and then it has this beautiful response that the people would sing, that they would proclaim, knowing the truth of who God is. It was sung to remind them of God's faithfulness, the fact that he was ever-present through all circumstances, both good and bad. And with that said, We'd like to honor the reading of God's word here with standing. So if you would, will you please stand with me as we read these eight verses? If you need a Bible, there's one in the pew in front of you that will be on the screen as well. Hear the word of the Lord. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is the shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. This is the word of God and thanks be to God for it. Would you pray with me? Father, again, we come before you and we thank you. God, I pray now, Lord, that you'd have your way in this time. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. In this passage today, we see how the love and care of God is on display for his people. He is our helper. He is Lord. He's watching over. He's caring for his people by being ever-present. If you're taking notes, I hope you are. The first point will be on the screen for you. It's that our Father is Lord. Our Father is Lord. Look again at verse one. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? We see the very beginning of this psalm. It opens up, as I said, as they're looking up unto the hills. They're looking up into the hills, the hills that God himself created. They're looking up at the hills in this beautiful creation as they're on this pilgrimage up to Jerusalem. Now let's understand something. This psalm here, this song that they're singing, it's not one of one that we've covered in previous weeks. It's not a psalm of lament. It's not a song of, 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 of wondering or, or questioning God or, or crying out, Lord, where are you in the midst of things? No, no, no. This is a psalm or a song of confidence. It's one of knowing who God is and proclaiming it. Now, as I said, they're on this journey, they're, they're on their way up, and uh, some scholars would say that w- the person leading the group would be the one to open up with these words, I lift my eyes to the hills, from where does my help come? And then we get into verse two, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. You see, the ascent towards Jerusalem would be one of traveling up and down hills through different terrains, through much difficult ways of walking through. I mean, there's no vehicles, right? There's, there's no way of doing that. They are walking on this pilgrimage. So there's going to be rough terrain. There's going to be ways in which this pilgrimage is going to be difficult. But they look up to the hills that God Almighty created, and he says, where does my help come? And we get to verse 2. 
My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. You see, the psalmist points to the reality of where the help comes for those who follow Christ. The psalmist points to the reality that our help comes from God Almighty, the Lord, who made heaven and earth. This points to some similar phrasing of what we've covered this summer through this series in the Psalms. We've gotten to several Psalms where the psalmist is writing and he says to the Lord Most High or to God Most High. And in previous weeks, we've told you when you see that or we get this understanding of this kind of context of what they're talking about, the Lord who made heaven and earth, it points to the sovereignty of God. It points to the fact that God is creator, God sits on his throne, and everything is made because of God. God is the author of life. God is the author of creation. This points to his rule and dominion over this world. I want to encourage you. Have confidence in the fact that your help comes from the Lord. Have confidence in the fact that your help comes from the one who created all things. The same God who made heaven and earth is the same God who knit you together in your mother's womb. The same God who knits you together in your mother's womb knows everything there is to know about you. He knows every hair that is numbered on your head. He's not surprised by the things you're going through. He's not surprised by the pain that you're feeling. He's not surprised in the season of joy that you may be having. He's not surprised by the questions and the fear that you may be wrestling with. Why? Because he's God. Why? Because he is Lord. He knows our doubts. He knows our fears. He knows our worries. He knows our desires. He is God. He is Lord. Not only is our Father Lord, but number two, our Father keeps watch over us. Our Father keeps watch over us. I'm gonna read verses three and four together. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. We now see this response of the pilgrimage. After the question has been asked with the answer, we now see this overwhelming response of the things that God does for his people, most particularly in these two verses, how he watches over us. The opening line of verse three gets down to the point of even talking about the walking through the terrain. He says there, let your foot be moved. He will not let your foot be moved. It describes protection even from slipping, sliding, staggering, or being shaken on the journey. The Lord is concerned even about the feet of those who are walking on the journey. Every little, what we would say minute detail is in the covering of the Lord in his watchful eye. Notice there that next phrase in these two verses says that the Lord keeps his people. He keeps his people. In this psalm alone, we see the word keeps six times. 
And let me give you a little something to put in your back pocket to remember. Anytime you're reading through scripture and you get to a word that is continually repeated throughout the passage, pay attention to what God is saying there through that. It's important. When we get to this word keeps, it comes from the Hebrew word shamar, which means to keep, guard, and protect, to watch over or to attend to carefully. So if we're seeing the word keeps mentioned here six different times, it points to the reality that God is going to watchfully protect his people. He's going to have a watchful eye and care and concern over his people. Notice here, when he talks here in three and four, it says that he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. You, me, us. Because he says also there, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. So you've got the individual and you've also got the corporate body. He who keeps you will neither slumber nor sleep. He who keeps Israel. He who keeps you fill in your name in the blank. He who keeps Holmes Avenue will neither slumber nor sleep. Why is that important? Let me ask you a question. Would we be in a world of hurt if God just decided, yeah, I'm gonna take a nap? If God just said, I'm good, manage things on your own, I'm gonna take a nap. I'm asleep for a couple days. Our lives would fall apart. They would fall apart. We serve the God of the universe, the I am, who created all things. He's omnipresent. That means that he's actively present in our lives everywhere we go. He doesn't just hang out with me for a little bit and then jump over to John. He's with us all, at all times, watching over us. He doesn't slumber or sleep. There's always a watchful, caring eye over us. His watchful eyes never close. And we can rejoice in that because that means that he's watching over us and that he's near. He's guarding, he's protecting He guards and protects us once and for all with our salvation, doesn't he? Spiritually speaking, if you are in Christ and you are saved, you are redeemed. You have the promise of eternal life forever and ever and ever. The Lord is watching over. He's guiding. He's directing you until your last breath where you're then in his presence forever. Praise God that our Father watches over us. Number three, Our Father is present with us. I started to allude to this already a little bit, but let's look at five and six together. The Lord is your keeper. There's that word again. The Lord is the shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. We see here the fact that he's present with us. And this song presents this picture of the Lord not only being on his throne in heaven as sovereign God, yet... It also shows us that he's in the daily walk alongside of us. It says there that he will be the shade on your right hand. The shade on your right hand. Now, we've addressed this previously, and I want to make sure that I interject it here. I am not preaching a prosperity gospel or anything funky. Hear me. 
we still have difficulties in this life. We still have hardships. We still have pain because we live in a broken and fallen world. We may be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, King Jesus, but we still wrestle with sin. We still have difficulties that we face, but God is still present even in the midst of those. Warren Wiersbe is a biblical scholar, and this quote's gonna be up on the screen for you. Talking about this passage, he says this, this does not mean that obedient believers never find themselves in difficulty or danger or that they will never feel physical and emotional pain. The things that God permits to happen to us in his will may hurt, but they will not harm. I say, well, that's difficult. Why would God do that? Why would God allow that? Sometimes we've seen in, in countless events and stuff through the scriptures and in our own lives, there have been difficult times that we have gone through. And in that suffering, what has happened to us? Prayerfully, we have drawn closer to the Lord and he's helped us and guided us through that. What was intended even for evil, God used for good. I think about that. And I think about that in the, the context of the, of the scriptures and, and many different avenues that we could look at. And I'm gonna get to one in a moment. But think about that. There are difficulties that we face. There are difficult times that we go through. Yet the Lord is still there. It's interesting to note that it points to that shade protecting on the right hand. Why is that? Well, we saw there in the next verse, it says the shade in your right hand, the sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. It talks about the sun. It talks about the moon. It talks about what could potentially happen with those. Now, you may say, well, what does that mean? Could that possibly mean that it's just talking about a 24-hour day of daylight and, sunlight and nighttime to where God is always present and there and he's protecting us? Yes, that could very well be the case. But also in this context of this time period when it's being written and these people are understanding this and they're singing this, in the ancient times in the East, there were thoughts of the sun being this deity, this God, little g, and the moon being this God, this deity, little g. And they could bring harm to the people. Now for us that live here in Charleston, we can all say, man, that sun can bring some harm, right? Because it gets hot and we get sunburned. If you're like me, you burn quickly. But for these people, they're, they're seeing this and they have these thoughts of the sun could bring some kind of evil towards me at some time. The, the moon could bring some kind of awkward mental things or things like that at the nighttime, especially when you get into the New Testament, there were some thoughts of that happening with the moonlight. And I just want to interject this here. What does Genesis 1 tell us? God created the heavens and the earth. God created the sun. God created the moon. They are God's. Capital G, possessive. He created them. They're no little deities. I want to encourage us, no matter what may happen in the daylight, in the night, the Lord is present. These two verses point to this overall theme of the Lord's protection for his people, the love of the Father, that he's continually present. 
You may recall from our text a couple weeks ago, we were in Psalm 91, and Psalm 91.4 says this, He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. It gives us again that picture of like this mother hen putting her wings out to protect her babies. God is continually watching over and protecting even in the difficulties, even in the hard times. He's present. He neither slumbered nor sleeps. Let's bring us to our last point. Our Father cares for us. Our Father cares for us. Listen with verse 7. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Here we see again a reminder of the Lord's guarding and protecting of his people when it says that the Lord will keep us from all evil. Let's think about this verse. I told you I would come to this in a few moments. Think about this in the context of what it's saying, keeping from evil. I told you there are many biblical examples that we could look at. And while I was studying for this, there was one that came to my mind, one that was just constantly there. You remember the story of Joseph in the Old Testament in Genesis? Like, he's completely disregarded by his brothers, left for dead. They want nothing more to do with him. And he's brought in to, to be under Pharaoh's rule, and he's doing all these things, and, and Potiphar's wife, excuse me, Potiphar's rule, Potiphar's wife comes in and tries to get him to commit adultery with her. And Joseph, wanting to honor God, says, I cannot do this to my God. I cannot sin this against my God. And he flees from her. Now, when he flees from her, what happens? I know I'm giving you a really condensed version. But when he flees from her, she then goes around and says, hey, he came and tried to do this to me. See, she flipped the script. She flipped it. She's the one that approached him. He said, no. Yet she says, hey, he tried to come and assault me. Well, then Joseph has to go through some very hard times until he eventually works his way up and is next in command. And later on in the story, he is restored in his relationship to his father, who thought he was dead, and to his brothers who left him for dead. And at the very end of that, his brothers kneel down before him and say, we will serve you. And he says this, Genesis 50, 20. As for you, speaking to his brothers, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. You see, for him in this moment, he sees what was done against him. He saw the evil that was conspired against and that played out that should have destroyed him. I mean, you think about it. He's left for dead, makes it. He's then brought forth, and Potiphar's wife is trying to get him to commit adultery with her, gets away from it. She's accusing him. 
He has to go through the hardship, yet he still, God uses it for good to bring him up, restores him to his dad and his family, restores his relationship with his brothers, doesn't treat them like slaves, but says, hey, we're good. What an example of God taking what was evil and using it for good. The Lord will keep, guard, protect your life from all evil. He will keep your life. Let's look at verse 8. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. We conclude this psalm with yet another keeps, the last one that's in here. And, and you may be hearing that, and you may be reading those details, you're going out and you're coming in, and you may be thinking, wait a minute, does that mean every single little detail of my day? The Lord cares enough for me, even through what we would say are the minute details. Yes, you're going out and you're coming in. You're going out and you're coming in. Going into work while you're at work, coming out from work, going to pick up your family, going to do these things, whatever it may be, you're going out and you're coming in. We may think they're not the big things, but to God, we are his and everything of us he cares for. Always. He's guarding and protecting us daily through the ups and downs of our day and the anxieties that we battle in the questions that we ask, in the fears that we wrestle, he's with us in all of those. You may remember back at the beginning, I said we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are his creation. If we're in Christ, we are his children. He cares for us. He's keeping us continually, daily, from this time forth and forevermore. Don't miss that. From this time right now, forth and forevermore. From now through eternity. Now through eternity. Because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross, dying for the sins of all mankind, bearing God's wrath in our place, dying a death that we should have died after living a life that, man, we should have lived. It's because of him that we have the joy of knowing that no matter what happens in this life, no matter how good or how bad, we will, yes, eventually die, but we will be with the Lord forever. So I want to give you something to just wrestle with this week as you leave from here today. A, a question to wrestle with, and I apologize, I meant to put this on the screen, but I forgot. If God is who he says he is, do I trust him as Lord? If God is who he says he is, do I trust him as Lord? Do I believe that I am his child and that he is always watching over me, going through everything with me and never stopping his care? Wrestle with that this week. 
If that's a yes for you, then praise God, I rejoice. I rejoice in that for you. But if it's a no, I want to ask you to ask why. Why? Why do you not trust him? Is it because you desperately need him? Maybe there's some sin in your life. I've had to ask myself the same question, so I'm not just saying this for all of you. Maybe there's some sin in your life that you need to confess and repent of. Why continue down the road of wrestling with the thing you wrestle with when you can easily confess it, repent of it, and give it to God? And trust him. I don't know where you're at today. I pray that this psalm is a reminder to you of how you feel, that you do have confidence in who God says he is, that you do trust him, that you know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know that you know that you know that if your life ended today, you'd be in his presence. I pray that's what you would say. And if that's not the case, and you want prayer or you want to talk, I'm here for you. Many of us can talk with you and help you. In these next few moments, I'm going to stay quiet for a second, let you reflect. Maybe in your writing down, maybe there's some things that you want to write about to God, to pray out to him. I want you to stop and reflect and ask God, Lord, what are you saying through this? And then I'm going to pray for us, and Elise will come forward, and she'll lead us in the closing song, and then we'll be done. But I really want to encourage you, even in this moment, I'm going to stay off to the side. If you want prayer or anything right now, we can easily do that. I'll be glad to pray with you and help you. Or if you need to talk afterwards, I'm here. But let's go before the Lord in prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, God, you are so worthy. You are worthy of our trust in you because you are who you say you are. You are worthy because you have sent your son Jesus to die in our place. And Lord, for those of us in Christ, you have given us the gift of the Holy Spirit, the helper to indwell us, to be with us until you call us home. God, I pray that everyone within the sound of my voice truly has the confidence that you are Lord, that you are watching over us, that you are present with us, that you care for us. And Lord, if that is not the case for everyone here, Lord, I pray, God, that you would draw near. And Lord, that you would speak to hearts this morning. Lord, whether it's confession and repentance that needs to happen. Lord, bury me today would be the day of salvation for someone. Or whatever it may be, God, I pray, Lord, that you would have your way. Lord, we just want to glorify you. And we thank you, Lord, for your word. 
that it is living and active. Have your way now, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.